And we were in the book of James. And if you remember, James is the half-brother of Jesus, and he wrote this book. And he's, he's a, not a yes man. This is a guy who definitely had no problem getting in the face of people. He had no problem saying what needed to be said. And he didn't care how awkward or uncomfortable it actually got. And so uh, James always wanted to get to the heart of the matter. And that's what we discovered a number of weeks ago. And you'll remember that he wrote this book to a group of primarily Jewish Christians who had actually been dispersed. They had been displaced and they were all over the map. And James wrote a letter you know, to them to basically challenge them in their faith. And what was happening is in, in the oppression they had faced in becoming exiles, right, just you know, refugees, if you will, they actually were becoming like their oppressors. And James is writing them saying, stop being stupid because you're doing what they were doing to you. And so you need to stop. You got to reframe this, this conversation. And so what we want to do now is think about, well, how do we reframe our own lives? How do we get into our attitudes and our behaviors and the way that we live and begin to look, look inward Begin to consider what's going on inside here, because here's something that, that really is true. You know, how you live or how you're doing on the inside directly affects how you live on the outside. How you're doing on the inside directly affects how you're living on the outside. You can't separate those two things. Where your heart is, there your life will follow, right? We understand that. So before we dive into this inward look at how we need to reframe some of the things going on in our lives, I want to pray, and then I'm going to get uh, maybe four students up to do a little fun game before we really dive in. So let me pray. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for welcoming us into times that we can look into your word and gather in community. Uh, your love is perfect. It knows no boundary. And uh, we're so grateful that uh, you love us that way unconditionally. So would you speak to us? Today we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I need two students, so I need like two friends to come up and do a little challenge called catchphrase. Yes? Quick? Yes? We got to roll? Yep. All right. Emma, Leah, come on up. Is that okay? Sorry, sorry, Senate, you're up next, so pick somebody, okay? Okay, so I need one at this mic, one at this mic, and over here, do you know how to play catchphrase? No, I Leah? Okay. I'm just relearning because I feel like I played this game about 14 years ago. Okay. So basically... You're going to pick a category, so let's go with uh, entertainment. Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's go everyday life. Okay. All right, so what's going to happen, you're going to hit go, and you're trying to get Emma to say what's on the screen, but you can't actually say that, right? Got it. You got it? Okay. And we have a 30-second timer. We'll see how many words you can get. On your marks, get set, go. Wait, wait, wait. Do I click the go button? Yes. Okay, ready? Three, two, go. one. Um, yeah, you pick up the mic. Okay, you go here to look at things. A museum. Um, usually, kind of, kind of, more so. Art like, gallery. Yes. Okay. Okay, that's one. How do I go to the next one? You hit next. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, you're good. You do this as a group. Really you usually, like, work on this for a while. and then Project. You, uh, kind Assignment. Of, kind of, but then you show everybody in the audience. Okay. Sorry, that did not go so well. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> that's the standard. I'm sorry. Okay. That's all right. So, yeah, you hit, I think you hit next for oh. beauty. Okay. Oh, no problem. That's okay. Okay. It's about to explode. Um, okay. Who's coming up with you? Who's coming up with Senate? Nobody's going to read? Seriously, no one is. Okay. Emma's coming back up. Or Chelsea, do you want to come up? Yeah, Emma. Okay. 
Seriously, it won't explode. I think it's gonna. Okay. Okay, stop. All right. Fun and games. Oh, that's You're gonna hit fun. go, and then you'll hit next. For I should have explained that, Leah. I'm sorry. I yeah. Okay. Okay, here we go. On your marks. Tell you something that's like not uh, not a lie about themselves. Oh, two truths and a lie. That's really close. Um, <laughs> it's. Am I allowed to tell her how many words it is? Sure. Okay, three words. It's like really close to that game, but the first thing is you don't tell a lie about yourself. You tell the opposite. Um, and I've never um, heard of this game before. Right. Just go to next if you. Can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I have heard of that okay. game. In a game um, or a t like a toy oh. that needs power. Okay. <laughs> That was Clash of the Titans, man. One nothing. <laughs> uh, the second one was Batteries Included. Is that the one? Yeah. Okay, it is hard, actually. Yeah, it's kind of a... Anyways, okay. Funny games. All right. <laughs> that was rough, but it was still fun. So we're talking in James about the personal perspective now, looking inward and how we reframe things that are going on inside. So where James, James is starting in this particular week is our words. The tongue, what we say, the words that we use, right? The ideas that we, we speak, how we talk, all of that James is getting at. And so here's where he starts with this whole thing. He actually lays down a challenge in James 3. And he's talking to people who want to be teachers. And he's saying, look, if you want to be a teacher, you have to understand that you're going to be at a higher scrutiny. You're going to be under the microscope. There's going to be a lot of challenge because you will be particularly accountable for your words. Now, now our math teachers and our English teachers, history teachers, all of our teachers are really important. The teachers that James is talking about are spiritual teachers, right? He's saying that you are the ones that are going to be building into the lives of others and mentoring and discipling and speaking in. And the power to use your words to move people towards righteousness and a relationship with God, or the power to move people away from God by what you say. And we're going to find out that our words are incredibly powerful. So although the, the calling is high, and the, you know, he lays this challenge down, here's what James says. He actually says in verse 2, and I think I'm going to have to read off the screen because I don't have my glasses. We all stumble in many ways. None of us are perfect. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, then he's a perfect man or woman, able to keep his whole body in check. So no one has figured it out. No one's got it exactly right. We've all stumbled in the things that we've said. We've all stumbled in our words. We've all said things that we definitely are going to regret. And you might say, well, hey, John, it's okay because... I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a missionary. I don't want to be a professor in a Bible college. So I'm not going to be a teacher, so this doesn't really apply to me. But the reality is that we are all accountable for our words. And the principles James gets at in speaking to spiritual teachers definitely applies to each of us in what we say and how we talk. So look what he says in verse 3 and 4. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. You know, it's incredible how small things influence us. How many of you have ever had a hangnail from death? Like you've just had this wicked hangnail. Yes, no one's ever had a hangnail. Okay, hangnails are incredibly painful. What about a little stone in your shoe? Have you ever had a stone in your shoe and you're just kind of feeling like, oh my gosh, that is, it's killer. Uh, Senate had a a splinter in your foot still, which is not good. You should get that checked. Okay. 
Um, or a little piece of glass or stone just wipes out your car tire and you have a flat. Like small things make such a difference. And this is what James is saying. He's saying you can take this horse, this massive animal, and you can steer it by this little bit that's in its mouth and you can kind of direct it where you want it to go. Or ships that are massive, and, and I get the rudders are absolutely huge, but in relation to the size of the vessel, they're relatively small. And you can steer this massive ship just by the rudder at the back. And so James is using these examples, these small things, and he's using them to talk about the, the tongue. It, it's so small, right? It's, it seems so insignificant, does very much for us, but the tongue. Look what he says in verse 5 and 6, which I don't have up there. So let me see if I can catch the light here. 5 and 6. I think my eyes are starting to go. Don't get old. All right. Uh, where am I here? Tell you what, this is what he talks about. <laughs> Sorry about that. He talks about this idea that, that the tongue, right, the words, how this little part of the body has so much influence over how we live and the things we do and how we can influence the people around us, and that's reality. And if you think about how people have spoken to you in your life, I'm sure there are times that you can remember where you would say, man, I just want to erase that from my memory because how I was spoken to or the name I was called or what I was referred to Man, it has left, like it's left a scar, right? And then there's maybe other times where people have spoken life and hope into your life and you constantly come back to that because you remember, yeah, that, I feel good when I heard that, right? And that's a reflection of how a person cares about me or how my value is found, right? So ultimately, we don't find our value in what people say, but we obviously appreciate it when people say things that are a blessing, so it's this idea of, you know, the, the, this little piece in our mouth. Here's how the, the dictionary describes it. The usually movable organ in the floor of the mouth in humans and most vertebrates functioning in eating and tasting and in humans speaking. Like we can say these awesome words, right? Like pizza. Just say it. Pizza. Come on, give it a shot. Pizza. Isn't that a good word? Pizza's a good word. Or we can say like, will you marry me? Okay, not, don't say that now, all right, not, not today, okay, wait a few years, it, it'll happen for some, most, whatever, I'm not going to go there, so don't say that right now, but just the, the tongue and, and the way we speak and the words we say, we have this ability, you know, to speak truth or to speak lies, to speak blessing or to speak curses, and, Paul, and uh, James says, hey, even like a forest fire, like a forest is set on fire by a tiny little spark. So be careful because of how you use your tongue, you can have an impact on the people around you. Oh, that's, yeah, it's okay. I probably got most of it on the screen. Thanks. Thank you. Anyways, thank you, Megan. Thanks. So what's he getting at? He's saying, hey, be careful how you use your tongue. And the way James describes it is pretty powerful. Because here's what he says. He says that if, basically, if you say some bad stuff, right, your life is set on fire, the course of your life is set on fire, and in fact, you're going to burn in hell. Like, like you kind of read this, and you're kind of going, James, that's a lot of fire, man. Like, there is a lot going on there. It sounds like you're having a really bad day. Say some bad stuff. Man, your, your tongue's going to be set on fire. The course of your life set on fire, and ultimately, you're going to burn up in fire, it's like, wow, what's going on here, right? I don't know anyone that has said something wrong or bad and instantaneously has caught on fire. It would be really awesome to see. Like, I, that would be really cool, but it's never happened to my knowledge. And so we get that James is actually saying it's not a, a literal thing in this case in the moment, but what he's getting at is the way you speak is a reflection of your life and how you talk and the words you use are going to direct you on a path. 
How you actually use this little organ you know, in your mouth to bless or to curse, it's going to radically affect the people around you. And here's the thing. We can control so many things. Animals and reptiles and you know, machinery and inventions. And humanity has done some great things. But James says that the tongue is this like, restless evil full of poison. No one can control it. And the word there, damazo, it means to subdue. It means to have control over. And James is saying, hey, we can't actually get it right. We can't seem to control it in a way that we're perfect all the time in it. But you know what? It is possible to speak in ways that are, are profound and powerful and encouraging. Check out what he says here in 9 and 10. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. So he's saying, how can you do that? How can you, out of one breath, you know, praise God, and then you turn around and you curse someone next to you that is made in God's image? It's, it just doesn't work. And he goes on to say that you know, salt can't come out of a freshwater spring. These two things just don't go together. They shouldn't go together. You can't, like Sunday morning, go to church and worship God with your hands raised high and lift his name and praise him and be thinking about you know, what you'd like to do to this enemy of yours or speaking harsh words or words that are actually curses, speaking against whom God has created. You can't do that. You can't put these things in, in, the, in the same place. right? It just shouldn't happen. That's what James is saying. So evidently, there is a lot of talk going on in the church and amongst these Christians that James is writing to. And so here's some encouragement from God's word around how our words can be powerful. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. We're all guilty of unwholesome talk, guaranteed. I know I'm there. I put myself at the front of the list. What about 1 Timothy 4.12? Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech. Colossians 3, 15, 17 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it is possible but Christ has to rule in our hearts. There's this Eastern proverb that says, whatever is in the heart will come up on the tongue. So here's a couple of things to think about as we maybe, you know, a few minutes left. The first thing is that we can bless or we can curse. That is a choice. We can use our words to bless others or we can use our words to curse others. And so we need to reframe how we are using our words, the language that we speak. It's so important. Here's another one that's really cool. We can contribute. I think I have these up near the end there. We can contribute and to, to shaping the future. Believe me when I say this. You can actually you know, shape a person's future by the way that you talk to them. Absolutely true. And, I, and I've sat with students over 25, 26 years of working with high school students. And I've sat and listened you know, to young people that have just had, you know, just hatred and anger and meanness spoken into their life on a regular basis and I've seen the result of it and I've seen the other end where you know there's lives that have been so challenged and they're growing because of words of hope and truth but we contribute to shaping the future um, in Toronto 
My wife and I met a student. I was working with a church in Toronto while I was at school. And um, her story just had been, uh, parents had divorced and mom or dad didn't want to take her. So went to live with grandma. Grandma didn't really want her there. And so went to live in a group home. But everywhere this girl turned, she was told that she was stupid. She was told that she was just a waste of time. She was told that, you know, you're just, you're just a burden. Like, I, I just wish you weren't here. That's the message she heard all the time. And I remember when we took this girl out for dinner, I, it was just unbelievable how heavy, like just the weight of the world on her shoulders. It was so powerful just seeing her face and, and understanding what she had been going through. And so we went out for dinner, and it was a few weeks later that the youth were doing a, a Christmas sort of banquet thing, and this girl wasn't going to go because she didn't have anything to wear. And so a group of girls in the group got together, and they all kicked in like 15, 20 bucks, and they took her out shopping, brought her, bought her a dress and you know, shoes and stuff. And when that girl walked into the banquet that night, you could see this incredible transformation, you know, because her spirit was lifted. And all of a sudden, that love and that hope and that act of kindness and people now speaking life into her, her life changed and began to you know, grow and, and there was amazing things that started to happen in her. And so we can shape the future. We can contribute to shaping someone's future by the way that we talk to them. Uh, it might sound like we're giving ourselves too much credit. I don't mean ultimately, but we definitely can impact the direction that they take and how they feel about themselves. Then lastly, I want to challenge you in this. Evaluate what you speak, but also what you listen to. How many believe that you are influenced by what you take in? Yes? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it definitely. When I was a kid, so I grew up for a couple of years on Reichert Street, actually. My dad worked in Hamilton and grew up on Reichert. And my mom tells this story of how all of a sudden I was this like little three, four-year-old kid and foul-mouthed like profanity F-bombs the whole bit. And my mom's going like, what the heck is happening here? She couldn't figure out what was going on. So every day at the end of the day at school, I would stand at the front door and I would catch all the conversation from the high school students that were walking by. And I was hearing all kinds of stuff and I didn't know what it meant. So, so I was just walking around the house, you know, like just dropping whatever. And, you know, and my mom probably spanked me. I don't remember. But anyways, but it's the reality of what you hear and what you take in. It affects what you say. The movies that you listen, that you, sorry, that you watch, the things you read, the music you listen to, the words that you take in are going to affect what you speak. That's the way it works. There's no way to kind of, you know, take all of this in and not be influenced. Even the ideas and things that culture would say uh, is true or right or what you should follow, right? It's contrary so often to what God is calling us to. So evaluate what it is that you speak, the words that you use, but evaluate what you listen to. Who is speaking into your life right now? Who are the voices that you're listening to? And if you're in a space today where you are listening to voices that are telling you that you're worthless and you're useless and you don't belong and whatever, please, please, please come and talk about that because it is not true. Honestly, if you're in a space where you're in that mindset and, and that framework and, and, the, and the people in your life are speaking that into your life, come and talk to one of the SLC members. Find a caring adult for sure because we want to address that because it's not true. And hopefully you're in a place that people are speaking life and hope into you. So our words, what we say, how we talk, how we speak affects our lives, it affects how we live, it affects the people around us, and so we need to be thinking about how we ought to reframe or how we can reframe. 
And that's a very practical thing that you can do, you know, today, tonight, whatever. Evaluate what it is that you're listening to, what you're reading, what you're watching, and consider how it's affecting your speech and how you talk, because it definitely is. So this is where we're going to land in Reframe 2.0 and just getting back into James and looking practically at some of these things that affect us inwardly and personally rather than just the huge cultural issues that we talked about before. It's going to get pretty personal, and so we hope you come back every day. A couple of announcements. Um, Okay, so today is Monday, so no life groups today, but tomorrow... Uh, for Junior Foundry, there's actually no Junior Foundry. They're going to be joining the seniors on Thursday uh, because we've got a little bit of an event thing going on outside. And uh, Celebrate You, I believe there's a couple of Fridays remaining, so make sure that you sign up for free pizza. Grab some friends because we'd love to treat you. And Grade Retreats, how many of you have already signed up for Grade Retreats in the fall? Okay, I see like a couple hands. Nice. Those spots are going to fill. Once the word begins to get out, it, they're going to fill up, so make sure... You get your stuff in because we're taking 120 per retreat and once we fill that there's a waiting list so if you want your friends to go tell them get them signed up and uh, get your stuff into us so that we have that and we're so looking forward to getting back to retreats so let me pray and then we'll we'll head out god thanks for this day thanks for loving us thank you for meeting us here may we go with your blessing may we use our words to speak blessing into the lives of others and lift them up because they're, they're worth it and we know they're so valuable and we are so valuable in your eyes. So teach us how, how to talk this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.